thanks for joining us for another episode of See You Next Tuesday. Today we're chatting with Sashi, the woman behind Formation Studio, a local fitness dance studio and a gorgeous and welcoming space built during a pandemic. She shares her journey, the hurdles, the wins, the lessons learned and everything in between, including the heart and soul, the inspiration behind what started it all on today's episode of See You Next Tuesday. I'm excited to join all of you today. We have so many questions. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's just going to flow like conversation. We were looking at your website and the studio and everybody's like, it's so beautiful and big. And how did she do that? <laughs> man, it's such a crazy process. Honestly, one day, um, well, with ours, we did a pop-up program for a few years before we evolved into Formation Studio. So it started in um, 2015. I was I had danced casually in the past and met my husband dancing actually, just doing dropping classes um, in my early 20s. And then um, on Thanksgiving in 2014, my sister got into a car accident and passed away, and in my grieving process, I was mostly sitting on the couch, mostly eating potato chips. And um, when I finally feel like getting some movement in, um, I saw a friend was teaching a dance class to a Beyonce song. So I was like, oh, that looks fun. And I know the instructor. It feels like it'll be a safe space for me to go. So I went and everything felt so unfamiliar. My body, like, even though I'd had experience dancing before, my body didn't know what it was doing. But at the end of the class, I was just like, wow, I was so consumed with like the physical element as well as the mental element of learning choreography that I finally had like one hour that I stopped thinking about all that I was going through. So that kind of became something that I really leaned on in my grieving process and was really therapeutic to me and was so joyful. So I started bringing other people along into it and eventually from what I thought was going to be like me dragging girlfriends to a class ended up being something that really resonated with people because at the time there was only an opportunity to dance for like aspiring professionals or performance oriented elements not anything that you really just did for yourself and to feel good um and so Beyonce also really resonated with people in 2015. And so that was that was something that kind of just snowballed. And at the time, um, I always did off the side of my desk as a pop-up kind of structure. So it was not a huge investment. I could kind of walk away at any time. And we did it like season to season. And then after my husband and I got married and we were kind of deciding what our next path was going to be as a couple, if we were going to move to Toronto, maybe, or if we were going to try something, um, something new. So we decided that entrepreneurship was going to be the direction we took things and decided to try to go forward with building an actual space in an actual studio. So it was so crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. When did the studio officially open, like formation? We we officially opened uh, late September 2019. So like, yeah, it, we were open like six-ish months before COVID. So it was enough to kind of feel like it was enough to kind of get our footing and feel like, oh, we figured it out. We know how to do this now. People know about us. And then it was like, wah, wah, let's yeah. get excited. <laughs> so I feel very fortunate though that we were open long enough to build enough of a community just to like, sustain ourselves throughout wow. throughout COVID with our online programs and um, just like have some people who know about us and even just like simple business things that we qualified for like wage subsidies and whatnot that you had to have met like a certain payroll threshold and we like just made those cutoffs kind of thing. So we were really lucky when um, the government program started rolling out and we're able to qualify for them because yeah without that over this period of time it would I don't know what we would have done mm -hmm. oh. I know LJ do you have any specific questions because sorry I had to yell at my kids <laughs> 
because we were we were just saying like anything happening during COVID, especially just opening six months before COVID. Yeah. Opening a new business, first of all, is hard enough. And then throwing in COVID, like how did you keep going or even like honestly month to month bills and staff and still trying to shift your platform to do things online. And then it's just you and your husband. How did you do everything? Oh gosh. Okay. The, when I think early on, we kind of decided that like if, when when everyone was still in that phase of uncertainty, so were we. So we just didn't know what those answers were. And I think looking back at it, that was the hardest phase because I wasn't okay with the uncertainty at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still, I think our natural tendencies and the way we've all lived life is like we could make decisions mm-hmm. with all the information that we would all know but at that time there were so many questions so it made it really difficult for us so i think that first few that first period was the most difficult in that sense um but i think at one point we really just decided like okay well if this is how we're going out we're going out and we looked into we looked into bankruptcy we looked into like all of what those paths might look like um but we also decided that we weren't going to allow that kind of um, doom and gloom mentality be what we looked at everything through. And so we just wanted to continue forward with the best case scenario in operating with the best case scenario, but being aware that other things happen. Um, and then as more information became available and as like government programs became available, I think we started to understand where the pieces were going to fall and could start making plans. Um, one element, we did launch a digital studio component. So that was fortunate because even when everything was getting locked down and Amazon wasn't doing deliveries and people like internet workout, like Instagram workouts were the thing that everyone was doing. My husband had already been planning to do a online version of our program. So our instructors were aware of it. Um, and mentally ready to kind of, and maybe have even started thinking about what they were gonna do for that kind of programming. Um, And we were so lucky because Roman has a background in videography as well. So we had his like own personal collection to be able to even set up a set and like do mics and things that like, there were certain, certain equipment that we needed that we wouldn't have just been able to have at the studio. So even that first transition, like I felt so lucky that we were able to create content that we could still even provide to our community. And at that point, we really weren't concerned about monetizing or or whatnot. Like we knew that that would have to be something we did down the road. But at the time, our focus was just keeping our community engaged and providing something for the people who were going to be missing this big chunk of their day um, or missing or craving that connection that we would normally be bringing to them. So that was the first the first few weeks. And then as um, as everything kind of settled, we just took it day by day. And honestly, like, I think it was the November, the November shutdown when we were open for the summer. And then like, all of a sudden, well, numbers started spiking again and whatnot. Um, I think at that point, I really came to terms with the fact that like, we can't control anything because everything was going fine. And then the government opened us for one day and then they changed the rules the next day. So we had prepped to open, reopen the studio like early, I think it was mid-November and we opened on a Monday and then literally all the rules changed on Monday and then we were closed again. And I was like, okay, we've literally done everything we can do. I can't control the situation at all. And that like kind of getting dicked around a little bit in that way was a good lesson because it was like, you really can't control what happens in these situations. And that was a good, um, I think like something that I just carried with me for the rest of it. Cause it was like, well, we can't do anything about this. I have no power <laughs> in this situation. So. That's crazy. Um, yeah, your videos were amazing right from the get go. Even um, I remember seeing somewhere like you'd throw something to the, camera and then everybody would have their clothes changed. I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really awesome. And you guys were doing a lot of IG lives and fun things like that. Yeah, we had we had fun with that at the beginning. But honestly, like the Instagram lives, I know some people continue to do it over COVID. Mm-hmm. But for us, because our music 
our program is so driven by music. Um, Instagram does not like it when you use copywritten music without permission. So it would like delay or, or cut our or cut our feed and things. So we really did have to, we were forced to find an alternative right away, um, which I think was a good thing in the end because eventually everyone did really move on to more um, polished kind of platforms. And I'm glad we got an ability, we had the ability to do that right from the get go. So even though things seem annoying at the time, it always works out. <laughs> So like when you, your first initial startup of opening your studio, was your seed money, was it money from all of your pop-up classes that you had done before and you guys just made a ton from that? Or was it like, did you guys seek funding or how did, how did that whole business startup like start? The, on the business side, a lot of it was um, our savings going into it. So the biggest expense for us was the down payment for our, um, or not the down payment, but like the, well, yeah, the down payment for our, le our lease. Um, everything else was actually like not that difficult in terms of um, getting funding. So there's a program available to Canadian businesses called like the Canadian Small Business Financing Loan, I believe. And it's really, it, if you have a legitimate business that has like proof of like a good business plan, essentially, you businesses qualify for it relatively easily, I think. Well, maybe not easily, but there is a high success rate of qualifying if you're not a restaurant. I think they don't like restaurants because they fail so quickly often. Um, and so because we uh, pop-up programs that we had for so long, we were able to secure, um, we were able to secure that because it showed that we had a good history and we were just going to be scaling up our business. And then that information also was really convincing to our landlords who were, you know, kind of taking a risk on a new, a brand new business. Um, but because we had that data available from like three, four years of doing pop-up programs, they allowed us to take over the space. But what really kind of surprised us in that process is normally it's first month, last month for rent. Um, but going into our lease negotiations, they wanted four months rent. So we did have to come up with more money than we were initially expecting at the beginning of our negotiations, just because we were a brand new small business and it was a risk for them. Um, so that like that one, we, we had a good chunk of what we needed for everything, but we did ask family and friends to contribute, but most of it was savings and it, and all of our money is still in our business, but, <laughs> but we, it wasn't as much as I think I would have anticipated. Like it was still a lot of money, but not as much as I mentally would have anticipated until I looked into it, you know, like some things just seem like, they're impossible and then you research and you're like oh wow actually like we could we could do that so yeah it was a push but we still made it happen with the help of a few friends and family i was gonna say were you ever just scared along the way like we're doing the right thing or you just had your final vision so you're just like no we have to do this oh my god i was so terrified so much of the process I think because you have I, I felt like I had so much insecurity going into it like I was so I was questioning what we were doing I wasn't sure if it was the right idea like could this be successful we're the first business of its kind in Vancouver I know in I think in LA and New York there are businesses like ours and I can see the trend moving in the direction of what we do but we're the first to market here and that made me really nervous um, but I also like the competitive part of me was like, was thinking to myself, if I didn't do this, and then three months down the line, I saw a business just like ours happen, like how mad at myself would I be? And I don't think I would have been okay with that. So that was kind of my fueling, um, yeah, negotiation with myself to be like, well, I have to do this because I don't think the other version of me would be okay with it. Um, but yeah, there was so that that loan that I was talking about was really what we needed to do or build out because we are leasing a space as like a concrete box, no plumbing, no electrical, nothing, right? And so at first we had started to do that process with TD because that's where my personal banking is, and um, at that first initial meeting it was like, yeah, okay, sounds good, like all nods look great. And then as we were going through the process, this guy, his name was Phil, and 
we would submit our business plan to him and be like, okay, Phil, like, what do you think? He'd be like, yeah, looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Okay. Like, do you think we're going to get this loan? He's like, you know, sometimes I think they're good and then they get rejected. So I don't, I can't tell you. Like, uh, and then, and li- there was weeks of this, weeks of this, of this, like, I'm every time, every time we had a meeting, it was like, wow. Uh, can you give us some sort of confidence here? Like, is the layout okay? Are we giving you all the information? He's like, yeah, you know, looks like maybe they might say that they might say yes. They might say no though. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, Phil. And so I was actually talking to Roman and I were so stressed about this process because we like really needed to be able to secure this part of the funding in order to do the build out. And we ended up talking to another business owner and he recommended his bank go meet with Alex, send him the plan that we sent Phil. Alex is like, hey, looks great. I should have this approved for you in two weeks. And we're like, really? He's like, yeah, 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 looks good. Um, We might need to tweak some formatting. I know they like it a certain way, Um, but yeah, looks good. And I was like, what? we got our we got our loan but yeah it was that that part made me feel very insecure because it was like are we gonna get this money we definitely need this money (laughs) yeah that's stressful so my question is about the pop-ups when you did that so like when you first of all like when you first started did you have a huge following already was it just your friends who came um, and then did you do different locations every time or did you have a connection and you just use the same space? So we, I had zero following when I did this, like this was something that I was going to do for myself. And because mm-hmm. I wanted to dance to exclusively Beyonce songs when I went to a dance class and that was the premise of the idea. And I literally thought I was going to take like my cousin and like three friends and make them do it with me. But I put it on Facebook. Um, and I think we had maybe like 36 people sign up right away. And wow. I was like, whoa, that's cool. Other people want to do this like strangers. And the instructor that I was working with at the time, he's the one who who suggested the studio that we rent, which was like this dingy, small little space um, really close to where we currently operate out of. Um, but I had never been to the studio and I was kind of like doing the business side and Ralph was doing all the other elements or like the dance side of it. And I was like, I kept calling being like, Ralph, like more people are signing up. Like, do, do can I say yes to them? And he's like, uh, like, I think the max is maybe like 20 ish people in there. But like, I didn't think I was going to be doing this again. So I like accepted everyone because I didn't feel like I didn't want to say no to people. I felt bad. It was just like guilt of being like, well, maybe this is the only time. Um, so the first class we ran, like, was so crowded that I'm sure some of those people were just like, I'm not coming back because there's literally no room to move in here. So I, I learned some business lessons right away to like maybe check your studio space before you <laughs> operate a program. Um, but we so we did that first kind of class and it was a six week workshop that we were selling at the time. Um, so then I just tried to find more hours with the studio that we were working with so that we could add a couple other time slots to accommodate all the people who wanted to do it. So I think we started with three hours right away and it was about like 20 people per class or maybe. Yeah, I think that's what we ran around. Um, and then we. The other thing about Vancouver studio space or the dance community um, is it's really, really difficult to find studio space in during prime time hours because, of course, everyone wants 6 to 8 p.m. So that's I had a physical limitation of what I could access um, with studio space. So I used to have to rent out and book my studio space like a year in advance and just plan for the fact that I would have to do that. Um, So, yeah, that's what I would that's what I would do at the beginning. And it really just grew so organically. I love the six weeks though, like rather than just like a one day, like the six, because it kind of like you build relationships with people, I'm sure that way. And then also they see the improvement, right? Because they're, or not improvement, but they're seeing the like benefits because they're coming back rather than just like a one off thing. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. It was such a good way to do it too. And like more security for us as a business, like not having to be, 
wondering who's going to show up like it was an upfront payment so it was really comforting that way um and they were really affordable too i think it ended up being like 15 dollars a class or something at the at the start of it um and yeah people like a lot of people told me that they signed up because it was a six weeks thing because they knew that like if you do it one time you're like you know not sure about how that felt that's uncomfortable you're not going to come back because it was uncomfortable but it was like well i paid for it in advance so i'm coming (laughs) so yeah it did work out really well when you um when you like mine is always about money i love it (laughs) i love those questions it's so hard to get that information from people and i am happy to share it (laughs) you asked all of your friends and family to pitch in was it like hey can you lend us this money or was it hey, will you invest in our business? You can have like a class B share or like, how did you structure it? Was it like a payback system to them? We did it pretty individually um, based on the person because it was really only close people that we were asking. Um, So we did like, we did put it out to family and we're honestly kind of like, other than my parents, we were kind of disappointed that nobody in our family was able to support um, and everyone has different financial circumstance, but you, you kind of want that, you know, initial, like, yeah, cousins and like people who are going to be around you to, to be able to contribute. Um, but we did end up going more specifically to friends who we knew were more, um, comfortable to, to do this. And everything was just, um, we did everything as a temporary loan because ours was really just to get that support to cover the surprise of the fact that we had to put down much more for our down payment than we were initially expecting to. And then there was um, there was a firm deadline on it because we had our lease negotiations were already in progress. And so we had to kind of wrap up contracts by a certain time. So we had to have proof of funds in the bank and drop off the delivery, like the deposit check and all of that, like within such a short period of time. So it was stressful, but also the friends that we were approaching were like, very close friends and very comfortable with doing something on these terms and we paid everyone back like within i think six months or so because it was really just to get that first like it was it was surprise money that we didn't know we needed to be prepared for right so um we haven't gone we haven't taken any money from um outs from friends or family since then um but we did do the BD, I qualified for um, a futurepreneur loan. So that I think that was $30,000. Um, and that's kind of in partnership with BDC. And then um, we also got a BDC, like $100,000 loan, which is the, um, I think if you're incorporated for two years, it's like literally an online form that you submit like proof of funds of like your financial statements or whatnot and it's like an online assessment process and they'll distribute you the money like quite quickly it's I had another friend recommend it to me it's a pretty simple process if you're if you've been incorporated for a long enough period of time um so that's a really good um avenue for people so yeah those were kind of the main um the main elements that we went to for for money and some of it was just like buffer money going into construction, which I'm very glad we had because, you know, construction always costs more than you think it's going to. Like your space, totally just based on the photos that I've seen, is amazing. Did you. you guys design that? Did you bring in a designer? The, the space, I had lots of um, lots of inspiration photos for the, the to dictate the feeling that we wanted um, within the space. We were really happy with the designer we ended up working with. Her name's Robin, and she brought things to life like beautifully. There's no way we could have done it without a designer because, like, there was so much. We we're building out from a concrete box, so even just like the city rules and um, and bylaws and like all the construction code that a designer has to be aware of. Like, there's aesthetically there were things that I wanted that she made happen um but she did all the technical side so I don't know how people do it without because it's so the city is so weird and has the strictest rules like I remember being stressed about whether like the lip transition between one floor to the other floor if like the code approver guy was going to be like oh that's like two millimeters too much like I was stressed about that stuff because it's like yeah but um but yeah the construction process was another 
um, painful part of the project because it always starts later than it always takes longer than you expect and it costs more than you expect and we had like we kind of got dicked around by the construction company we worked with but I feel like everyone has a story like that and you just kind of have to you learn those lessons so yeah <laughs> and did you have a budget set for that or was it kind of just see how it goes we definitely had a budget set and part of the reason we chose the company that we did the build out with is because they guarantee the budget to a certain extent like they they take that into effect because they were a, a design and build company um and it was based on what we had been approved for for our csfbl loan too so we knew like we would have that money and the structure of that loan they cover 90 percent it's specifically for leasehold improvements so they cover 90 percent of those costs um but you have to I can't remember. I think they do like a direct payment. I can't remember. If, I'm not sure anymore if we had to pay first and we got reimbursed or if they covered it right away when you submit their invoices to the bank. But anyhow, you're only covering 10% of your build out do, doing that, that kind of loan. Um, and it, everything had to fit within what we were allocated for that budget. So the um, everything like it, Everything just got so messed up during that period, though. Every It's always, like, you know, stressful. The city is so difficult to work with. Like, if anybody is ever running for city council, like, <laughs> man. <laughs> it is such a – and everyone I talk to, every business owner I've ever spoken to is, like, rips their hair out at this process because it's, like, literally luck of the draw. Some people look at things one way. Other people look at things other way. It depends, like, who you get at the desk that day with certain elements. And so – it was really pro it was really um, filled with uncertainty and you're so insecure because you're spending all this money and it's your first time doing a, like our first time the first rodeo doing this you know so that was a difficult part of it for us um the one thing that i always that i learned from a panel that i was on from a more seasoned business owner in his lease negotiations um he has his fixturing period so that period where you don't um have to pay like that's the period that in your lease you should be able to have free rent because you're building out your space that's normally a part of most lease negotiate lease negotiations for at least a period like one month or depending on the space so we had a four-month fixturing period but what i learned listening to him was he ties that period to commence the day his permits are approved unlike my newbie move where our lease started in January and our permits were submitted in January, but our permits were not approved until May. So my fixturing period was over by the time that we started even building and we were paying full rent May, June, July, August, September, basically for um, for the space. So we had, so all the, the extra money that we got from BDC was to cover that runway of not having any business and still building uh, during that period of time. So I always tell people, tie your fixturing wow. period to your permit dates because that's, a, I think, a very fair thing to ask for in a lease negotiation anyways because the landlord should know that the city is like, you can't control how long that process is going to take. Totally so. wrote that down. I was like, ooh, good to know for future. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, Man, I wish I heard that before. Yeah, I did it the same way you did, like thinking it was enough. And then I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. What did you do during that time? Because like my brother's girlfriend just opened a lash studio and she had like a similar thing. So like she couldn't, I don't really know the whole thing, but she, like she couldn't get her permits to start working for so long. And then once the construction was underway, then you need your permits to run the business. And, but luckily she was working out of her parents' house and she had been, so she was just continuing to, so she had income coming in. But if you don't have that, it's so hard. So were you still doing pop-ups at that time? Um, yes. You had money? Yeah. Okay. I, I had given up my, my, I mentioned earlier, I had to rent my space like a year in advance. So I had started to give up that space for the fall. So I think I was, I think I may have even given it up in September or for the summer period, but had been able to get some of it back because it wasn't um, re-rented. Um, but we did operate, continue to operate RSVP, like our pop-up program for, um, for that period of time, but was really not expecting to. We, we kind of used it as an opportunity to finesse, 
finalize and polish the new programming that we're going to go into formation with. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was that was difficult because our team was expecting different hours. Our our team was going to be expanding when we opened the studio. So there were so many moving pieces and it was so frustrating because like no one could give you an mm -hmm. update. And our construction company was such a disaster to work with. Like they were just like full of bad timing updates and it was difficult at that time. So I think I really felt the pressure um, in that period and hadn't yet learned the lesson that I can't control things. So <laughs> it was more difficult for me then. Yeah, that is frustrating. Were you guys like your husband and yourself? Um, is this your only career or do you guys have now a side job because this is your main job? <laughs> 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 so I kept my full-time job um, even into the studio. I actually quit like February, mid-February. So I quit like one month before COVID, my full-time job. Wow. I was working in, um, in marketing and communications with Tourism Vancouver. So I dealt with media visiting Vancouver um, from Canada, US, and Mexico and managing like their stories and their experiences while they were here and about what they were publicizing about telling people to come to Vancouver. So my other industry, the travel industry also got a big hit during COVID. Um, but I, I kept, I kept that job, um, even though it demanded a lot of outside work, traditional work hours, because I did a lot of hosting and client meetings outside of traditional hours. It was also very, balanced and that I could kind of make up hours that I was working in other ways. So I was able to juggle both. I do remember I was so I was like literally so sick from like the time that we opened the studio, though, until the time I quit because I was just so I think so stressed all the time. And I would wake up and do a six. I would wake up at six to like open the studio for our 7 a.m. classes, like run that and then be late to go to my office job and then be at my office job all day, do things on my lunch break and then leave late because I was late and then get to the studio in the evening because like Roman would be there running our evenings and we weren't, um, it was like really us running things at the beginning because we didn't know what we needed to know to train someone else to do things at that time. Like we had to figure it out. We didn't know which way we wanted the towels folded. We didn't know the best systems to do things and it was really, us that needed to figure that out. So we were very involved in the day-to-day -day operations at the get-go. And of course, it's also our baby. So like we really cared and wanted to do that. Um, but I just remember being exhausted and he was exhausted because he was running the studio and he, his career um, has had many different kind of evolutions, but he has a creative background. So he did um, motion design and graphic design for video games and post-production for movies, um, also videography and like any kind of element of the creative process he has been a professional in. So uh, leading up to the studio being developed, he kind of took, he took time off to really focus on the program development and his background or in his personal life has gone through some um, depression and other elements and looked at really explored all of the different modalities of healing so that research played a big role into how we structured the programs and how we create the experience that clients have throughout each class because it really kind of tries to address many elements of that with the light the kinds of movement that you're doing the way that music plays a role in things so um he took that time to really develop and then when we open the studio he was doing the day-to-day full-time as well so now we still he still takes projects on in other elements because he has had an established career so that was a good thing to have as well but yeah we did work for i, I was working full-time and he would still take projects here and there depending on what they were and how they fit into the schedule of what we were doing so Wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I, you know, when you don't recognize your past self, I'm like, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I drank a lot of Neo Citrin. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's the phase that I remember. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm like exhausted, emotionally and physically exhausted listening. I can't believe. Wow. <laughs> you know, like I can't believe because I've just seen formation as formation, the finished studio, the beautiful videos, your team. I know a lot goes into the back end, but to actually like hear it, <laughs> I play, it's just, it's, it's awesome and amazing. And how are you guys still married? Like, 
Because me, me and my husband, we already know, well, he knows that I just would not be able to work with him that often. <laughs> oh, man. You know, Roman and I, he's a few years older than me. He's four years older than me. So when I was starting my career, he also, like, moved through school very quickly. He went to VFS. So he... Wow. And he also emancipated himself from his family at like 16. So he's always been like very mature and very self-sufficient. So when he started his career, he was um, already freelancing in addition to full-time work. So he always had that kind of entrepreneurial bone, even if he was like a solo entrepreneur. So as I was kind of developing in my career, he was all, we always kind of, he was always giving me advice and I always saw how he worked and he was very successful at what he did. So I learned a lot from him. And I think because we had that dynamic of, um, of kind of educated, he kind of was educating me and how things could go. We kind of grew up working, being able to work together because I was learning from him. So it kind of fit really naturally. And one of the things that I think we established throughout the, especially throughout the building process of formation was we have an 80, 20 rule. So essentially anything that we are, that's in our wheelhouse, you, the other person can trust that we're going like a hundred percent deep into it. And that's our 80%. And the other wants to be like, oh, I don't know, what, what do you think of placement of this logo or whatever? And, but if you suggest like, Oh, what about, like if you move it to the left, it's like, no, I've done, I've done every iteration of that because that's my job and my 80%. So you can just tell me like, do you like black or white? Like those yeah. are, that's my 20%, you know? So we kind of had that rule. So we would just call 80, 20 on things when we were having a conflict. Um, and that would work really well. Cause you could just trust that the other person did like their maximum due diligence on all of those options. So I think that was a really healthy dynamic for us, but it's funny because we still definitely argue about things and it's often like the doors of the studio close and we'll be like discussing something and there's like the one person our manager Michaela who always sees like both of us and how we kind of um sort out a, a tension and, and like the instructors <laughs> are always like in the room so they're like la da like everything's great and then Michaela's like nope I really see how things get sorted out out here <laughs> So it's pretty funny. They get sorted out. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you move through it. So that's good. So how do you do now? Or is it monthly memberships or is it still the six week? Like how do, um, how do your members sign up for your classes? So now we do more of a, um, drop-in style program, but we off also offer memberships. Mm -hmm. So People can sign up and do one class or another. Um, and I think now that our schedules are much more um, available throughout the week, it makes sense to do it that way because people have those options to come to make the most of their experience on whatever day it suits their schedule. So we do drop-in style packages. We do have a large um, amount of clients who do a monthly membership because this is their, like, I think the beauty and what I really recognize after COVID is like that community element. Like this is your, your healthy alternative to socializing at a bar or, you know, all of those other outlets. And I think especially post COVID people feel really safe in our studio because now too, we have to, we have to do the vaccine checks, et cetera. So um, even before that though, I think we were really conscious of how we operated and people felt like this could be one of those spaces that they went to and felt like they were safe and taken care of and they knew other people were being cautious. So we do have um, a really big community that likes to come to us really regularly, which we're appreciative of because community is such a big part of how we, of what we do. Mm, cool. Yeah. I think it's really important too that you guys built that, right? With all your hard work, you really built something together right? And people have that. It's like their home. Mm. Completely. Yeah, we have, um, I could not like say more good things about the community that we have. People are so kind to us. Our clients are so appreciative. It's everyone feels very invested into formation as what formation is as much as like we do. And it's really cool to seeing like when clients are like, I think this song would be the best song for this instructor to teach or whatever because they just like know who we are so much and sometimes when we do like a little video clip interview um, I did this the other day and I was kind of 
in my head, like laughing about it because the words that the client was saying back to me, I was like, wow, this is all of our branding and like what we're so intentional about and how we communicate. And she's like absorbed it so much that when I'm asking her to do a video for our marketing promotions, she's like nailing it at a hundred percent. I'm like, that's really cool that it really impacts people that way. Was it, was it really hard for you and your husband to find people to like really work with, like to take in what your business is and what, you know, what you wanted for your business? Like, was it hard to click with people to hire or was it pretty easy? For our team, um, it was not that difficult. We definitely had people that we worked with for RSVP that weren't as aligned when we were evolving into formation, but we did have um, about half of the team that we worked with from our, from our pop-up days still are part of the team now. So some of our instructors have been with us since like 2016 even. Um, so they've, yeah, that evolution um, of their growth as well has been a really big part of um, our, what we're proud of. Um, and then from there, we've mostly done like rec individual recommendations. It's difficult for us to hire um a per this particular skill set because not only do you have to be a great dancer um, and have a good a good relationship with music you also have to have um, that personal training background and understand the body and the physicality of that element and have like a sparkling personality so it it is very difficult to get that right kind of person and we I think as leaders of this business um, we have a really particular way of feedbacking our team and really do like a constant evolution. We are always chatting with our team on how they can grow. And and when I say always, I'm not exaggerating. It's almost after every class we do a feedback session. So anytime someone is teaching, like they're they're never done growing as an individual and as a person. And it's I think with dance as well, dance is so personal for um for our instruction team that it is not only a reflection of their skills as an instructor but it's always an evolution of self in a more personal way so we're always pushing and I think um it's something that only the particular personality types need to be aware of as we go into that which we've been so blessed to have an amazing team so we're really happy with that but it is um yeah there, I think we have a really um uh, specific kind of person that we are looking for when we when we grow the team so it's mostly been recommendations from existing team members I love that what's your demographic for your because like when I was listening to your story like I'm sorry about I like my condolences about your sister oh, that must have been really you. hard um and it's not even at that level but I'm connected because when I went through a really bad breakup I also got like quite depressed and then I signed up for this Groupon and it was for Zumba. And so I was like, oh my God. And I'm so cheap. Like if I buy a Groupon, I'm like, I need to like make it make money kind of thing. So I was going and it was like a really good, I don't know if you've ever done Zumba. There's like lame Zumba and then there's like good <laughs> Zumba. So it was more like reggaeton. And so I was doing it like every single day and like physically it helped me mentally. It helped me like, so I do totally understand what you're saying about that. Um, but I went from like not being able to do anything and then I got the moves. So like, is your demographic, like people that already know how to dance, like if a 41 year old mom who hasn't been moving in a while came, like, would I be okay? Like yeah. what's your, what's your crowd? <laughs> I feel really old these days. So yeah, you're not sure. old. I'm not your old. demographic. <laughs> I would I would say our demo is exactly you. Like it's okay. for people who have never, it's, it's that story. It's for people like me when I was going through, it's like, I didn't dance because I wanted to look good yeah. dancing. I danced because I wanted to feel good and I needed something to make me, to help me feel good. So our audience is completely like, we, we, I would say mostly 25 and over and definitely into the fifties, like wow. even older. Um, you know, honestly, people look really young these days. So even my more mature crowd, like I don't know exactly how old yeah. they are, but I think it is definitely a mature audience um, because it's really, it's, it's not about nailing the choreography and looking super fly and then posting it on Instagram to be like, I'm hot. It's like, 
I learned this and, oh, I stumbled a little bit, but I still got, I got back into it. And so that's the kind of stuff that people share and people embrace like that feeling that they can capture with themselves um, as they move. So yeah, it's definitely for the person who's never moved before. It's probably the safest space that they could come because it's also dark in the room. So nobody cares. (laughs) I totally want to come. I feel like I'm so excited for the second, but also now I'm like, I want to sign up to come because the way you're talking about it, it's just like, I can tell like, you have a dance background, you're young and fresh and vibrant, but like it makes me feel, inc- you feel, it feels like it's inclusive the way yeah. you're talking about it. And I like that so much. Like my girlfriend and my best friend's here from California. And so we were talking, we were shopping yesterday and we were talking at the cash register and this super young girl was like, oh my gosh, you guys have like such a good friendship. I hope when I'm old, I can have a friendship with my friends like that. I I told Sasha and he's like, you should have been like, you're not going to make it this old if you keep talking like that. I'm 41. I'm not old. Like, oh my gosh. Anyways. So I really want to come because it sounds so We should do a class together. That would be fun. Yeah, no, we guys, we should do a second. I would love for you to come. I'm on your website right now looking at (laughs) what should I sign up? I know. Do do the freedom class. Do the freedom class as your first one. Okay. Yeah. So we are actually working on developing a nonprofit side of our business. It's like in the very, very early stages um, because we do... I think one of the things that we've learned over doing this from both the pop-ups and as formation is one of the elements that we see the most growth in the people we work with is in confidence. And so, and I grew up doing competitive cheerleading where we were still wearing crop tops and like just, I was just doused in insecurity for like all of my teenage years. And I think it's very similar in a lot of dance programs when you're doing things competitively. Um, But yeah, we are new to this world, but from like that kind of tween teen age, we do want to start developing programs. We've done a lot of kind of drop in things with high schools that have asked us to, or we've worked with LGBT programs and whatnot. So little things here and there over the last few years, um, but that is a direction or an element of the business that we want to start um, cultivating. Cause I think there's a lot that we can do and a way that we can share dance that helps build confidence rather than kind of promote more of that competitiveness or that insecurity that some people may find or even use it for people who don't dance at all and just want to find ways to build confidence and build connections in ways that's meaningful because I think our team is also like they're all incredible leaders individually and can model that in a really great way so yeah that's something that we want to do but a little it's it's new territory for us so if anyone knows more there I would love to speak in the future about that too <laughs> oh my god I love that idea so much too. I, my daughter yeah. just love it yeah um yep. back to your employees <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so you were saying that you do um I can't remember what you called it like a like, you like do feedbacking kinda, yeah the feedbacking so how do you approach that with I just started like with employees and so you know, I want to provide feedback for some of their work so that they could improve and it could be like a 10. But I'm like, how do you say it in a nice way where they don't feel like, I'm not judging them, like their work is great, but it like, it could be elevated. And like, here's how to elevate it. But I don't know how to say it to them. So we we don't, we have them um, answer questions. So we give them like, what's, how do you think your class went one to 10? What is something that you um that you like that you did what is something that you didn't do that you would like to do next time what is something that you did that you would like to do even more of those are the questions that we ask them on in a in a regular um on a regular basis and it's great because like it's all about continuing that growth mindset and having them always wanting to be better and give more of what they want that they want to do um I really recommend the book um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Some of our team has read it. We reference it all the time as a, as a company um, because it really captures both what we want for our team, ourselves as individuals, and, and our clients because our clients obviously want to continue to go as well. So we try to frame feedback as a really positive thing. I, I don't I, – but it also is very, um, I think – what I learned as a manager that first six months was 
how different people need to communi be communicated to. And I learned that the hard way in some conversations. Roman is much better at that than me. He, it's one of his strong suits is understanding how, like the context of how people, um, how people interpret information. And he also is always just very clear and direct with people. And that's something that I worked on um, because I was like, dancing around and like doing all the stones around what I was trying to say. And I've become better at that over time. <laughs> yeah. Any good books on that, on like how to communicate with people? Like, um, I don't, I haven't read any books specifically on communicating with people, but I read a lot about, um, I guess like a lot of books about, that involve human psychology in some way. Mm -hmm. So, and just what mo motivates people. But I, my, I have like spiritual books I read, which I think oh. inform like Barb and I have chatted about this stuff before. So I have like books in that category. And then I have books like Carol Dweck's Mindset or um, like more personal development books in that kind of range, like the more traditional type. Um, and then like random trauma related books about how the body works and stuff. Those are like my three kind of categories that I, I that I read in right now. So yeah, I'd happy to send over a few favorites. Um, I'll go through my audible list in my bookcase and share yeah, some yeah, of those. Yeah, I would love that too. I, yeah, a lot of the books that I read are more on that, like the technical common. I'm like, I'm interested in the spiritual side of like leadership or personal development side like yeah so so many good ones it's hard I I also feel like I pick up a lot of stuff from podcasts too and just yeah like things like this like it's always nice to hear other people's stories and know those little lessons that they learned as they go through those those difficult moments so yeah really glad to be able to share this with all of you today it's been so nice thank you so much okay so we've kept you for an hour yeah <laughs> Thank I'm you. happy to. I don't like even know how the time. I haven't looked at the time. It's just so nice. <laughs> we have so many questions for you. Like, uh, you, you keep asking. Like, I have so many questions to ask her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna you're you're gonna be there on October second. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. So you get to meet her in person, and then hopefully, you guys, we should book a class. Yeah, uh, yeah. There beforehand to get warmed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like literally looking at your schedule. Like I'm, all, I'm so excited. I'm going to dust off my sweatpants or my Lululemon. Cool. <laughs> it's going to be so nice to have you in the space. I'm looking so forward to it. I hope you enjoy the experience. We're so excited. Oh, it's so great. It looks beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. such a pleasure to connect with all of you. Thank you for your questions and allowing me to share. It was really lovely. And I'm so excited to meet you all in person and have a salad together and chat more. It'll be really great. Thank you so much for sharing so much and like just being so open with your information. Cause you yeah. know, like you said, sometimes some people are like, mm, it's kind of like their, their secret. So thank you yeah. so much. Oh, happy to. I'm an open book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you guys. It was so lovely to speak with you. Okay, go Thanks, everyone. Sunday. Thanks so much. Yeah, see Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you loved learning about Sashi, Formation Studio, and the entire journey. To learn more about her studio, check out theformationstudio.com. We look forward to connecting with you again soon, and we'll see you next Tuesday.